0: Okay,
1: Um, a very warm welcome to everybody here and also, I know there are people watching online. Um, You may may recognize my sister and her husband over here. They're gonna be talking to us later about what's been going on in Uganda uh, from the charity that we support, Children of Hope. And we'll have an offering for that charity today. And the offering basket is here behind me and if you want to make a donation outside of the meeting, you can send it to David the normal way. And there is a stall over there with lots of nice things from Uganda, and you can even pay with a card. Oh, no.
2: Or a card. Wow.
1: Or Apple Pay. <laughs> this morning, because Stephen and Karen are not well, there won't be any boulders, but there will be pebbles. That's a prophecy. <laughs> I'm doing it. Thanks, I you, Let's pray. From John one, John writes, "The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus." Christ. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that you have fulfilled. The law that we are no longer under law but under grace yes. and that the grace and truth came not by being given by you but through you as a person and so Holy Spirit we invite you here this morning this time is for you we invite you to flow through our worship, we invite you to anoint our lips as we sing praises, to anoint the lips of those who speak, those who share, that your kingdom may be advanced this morning, in the name of Jesus.
2: Amen. 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 I hand over to Jenny and the team. Good morning
1: everyone, Good morning. it's great uh, to have Chile with us this morning, helping us with
2: worship. The first time on the platform, so smile it and (laughs) me (laughs) for (laughs) a journey. Just want to invite Joe to play the shofar for us, please. Joe, have you got your shofar with you? Thank you. Let's rise to worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, (laughs) Lord. God, yes, and He holds us in His hands. Thank you, Lord. This is especially for the children, but as we're all children of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, let's sing it together. Thank you. blessed assurance this morning that Jesus is ours. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed assurance. Thank you. third verse on again please. Perfect submission. I just wondered if somebody would just like to shout that as testimony to what Jesus has done for them. Hallelujah. Let's hear someone say those words. Thank you Lord that you've saved me, you've given me a new life, you've restored me, you've ordered my steps, you've directed my steps, and you enclose me with your love, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
3: Perfect
2: submission. All is at rest. Yes. I in my Saviour am happy. I'm blessed. Yes. Watching and waiting. Looking above. Filled with his goodness. Lost, Lost in his love. In his love. Oh, yeah. Let's sing that yeah. again. That they that wait
1: upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Yeah. They shall yeah. mount up on wings of the eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk yeah. and not stop, or walk yeah. and not faint. In yeah. Jesus' Thank name. Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: Perfect submission. All is a I am my soul.
1: As well. I'm going to introduce Simon and Pauline Kay. Pauline's my sister, Simon's my brother in law. Juliet, who's supposed to be coming with them today, has got COVID, so she can't uh, <laughs> present what's going to be presented, but I think she is watching on the live stream. And they're going to talk to us about what's been going on in Uganda. Father, we ask that you will bring good news, that you will bring encouragement, that you will bring joy and the, the laughter and the encouragement and the blessings that we've seen already from our sisters and brothers in Uganda, that you'll bring them to us in a tangible way this morning as you speak through Simon and Pauline In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
3: Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having us. And hello, Juliet, if you are watching. Um, Juliet tested positive at the beginning of last week and she's been sort of swapping frantically. Well, it? oh, it's still red. So so she sends her greetings. Um, we have been privileged to be in this church before, um, not least for a wedding a few years ago. <laughs> it's <laughs> a <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so, so,
0: the Julie. Sorry. For
4: is that better? Yeah. Okay.
3: Sorry about yeah. Much better. better. Apologise. Amateur <laughs> for one of the first heard. Um, so thank you. Um, I'm a GP in South Cumbria, um, and uh, Pauline uh, works uh, in the surgery where I used to be the senior partner. Uh, but I haven't come to talk to you about that because that would be boring. Um, but uh, we've also been involved um, with uh, a charity uh crmi children of hope Um, just a brief explanation why crmi children of hope Chil- we are children of hope we call ourselves children of hope and we are part of crmi which stands for christian restoration ministries international it sounds very grand but actually we're a very small charity um it's a ugandan charity it's a ugandan charity's name and they like big names in uganda um, but we kind of abbreviate it, and and we're the Children of Hope part. There are various other aspects of the charity that I won't be talking about this morning. Um, And Pauline and I have been involved with Children of Hope for about 12 years now, Um, and it's all Juliet's fault. Thanks, Juliet. Juliet had been a few times to Uganda and had been asking me, usually by email, what do we do about some of these medical issues? And then she sidled up to me after church one morning, uh, back in about 2009, and said, Simon, it'd be really good if you came out to Uganda and did doctor things.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so I said, what exactly? So she said, doctor things. So we've been doing doctor things for the last 12 years in Uganda, haven't we? Um, so over to Pauline.
4: Good morning. morning. The last time I enjoyed worship like that was in Uganda. It's true. true. Thank you. And we had a shofar. Yeah. Um, They love the shofar and uh, they talk about Jubilee. They're very scriptural people. Uh, CRMI have a Bible college, which John Bunjo, the pastor who started CRMI, began. Because in Uganda, anyone can start a church. And there were many pastors. And many of them were preaching what they wanted to preach. And John has got them together and he's taught them and he's given them good biblical principles. And they all call him Daddy because of it. They all call me (laughs) Mammy. Whether they're 53 or 3, it doesn't matter. Um, I want to start by giving thanks to God because that's why we're here. And there's a word that you'll hear later on in a video. And I want to see if you can if you can say it after me. So the word is Guamuyika. So if you say Guam, Guamuyika. Mm-hmm. Say it with feeling. Guamuyika. Okay. Guamuyika. Thank you to God for all He has done. And the video at the end has this song Guamuyika which is in the background of it, and it is actually done by Naomi, who is Pastor Robert's wife, and she's a bit of a hit on YouTube. So, I'm gonna pray for us. Father God, we want to thank you for your abundant provision. Thank you for touching the hearts of people here in this church, so that they have provided money that has helped those in need in Uganda. Thank you that you have taken what has been given and you have multiplied it. Like the young lads, loaves and fishes, you've taken our offering and allowed it to have greater impact than we could have thought possible. Thank you that your hands are safe and gentle, hands that give, bless and encourage. So we give this time into your hands today and we pray that you would use it for your work. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've got a few slides, not very many, to show you. So this is the give thanks slide. Get kids together in Uganda and ask them to praise God, and they will, and they do. So a big thank you to you. What your money has helped to pay for. So, you've contributed to the care of Ugandans, who've been in even more need during the pandemic. As lockdown continued, our Ugandan team became more and more concerned about the poorest families living in our rural communities. If they don't work, they don't eat. And there was a very real possibility of illness and even death because of malnutrition. None of us really were in that much danger from that during the pandemic, were we? So urgent aid was requested by our Ugandan team who are on the ground out there. They are keeping watch over these people all the time. We asked our donors for help and you and many others graciously responded. This meant we could send an extra 26,000 pounds Not all at once, we did it in slow release. In addition to repurposing the school food budget, and we used it to feed families whilst the schools were closed, because many of our sponsored children were getting fed at school, and suddenly the burden of feeding them was back on their families again. So we've managed to support nearly 100 of our neediest families, and we're still supporting 25 families now. We're phasing it down and we hope to be able to cease urgent aid funding in June, unless something else happens. So, list of what we've been able to provide with your help. Food parcels, deworming tablets, it's all very well feeding someone, but if they've got a big parasite inside eating the food, it's not going to do them any good. Deworming tablets. Seeds, so they can grow their own food. Soap and jerry cans. Jerry cans are what they carry water. They don't have taps in their houses. They have to walk to the well, and it's usually a small child's job. 20 litre jerry can, 20 kilos of water. They carry it home every morning. And they make tippy taps. So we'll talk about that later. It's to wash your hands. You don't even need to touch the jerry can when you've been to the toilet. Two motorbikes, Al. You like motorbikes. You couldn't use a private car during lockdown, but you could use a motorbike. And we had a motorbike that's specially uh, modified, so it's got like a shed on the back. It's not aerodynamic. (laughs) But they used it for deliveries. Because up to that point, Pastor Sam in Nakasake, who is four foot nine, was carrying weights, sacks full of flour and beans out into the bush for his congregation. Because he couldn't drive his car reusable face masks, rural classrooms to ensure continued education, more of that later, and local radio announcements to provide information on COVID symptoms, testing facilities, and where to get help. And best of all, during the pandemic, no one in our communities was hospitalized due to COVID-19. Thank you.
3: Uganda's first lockdown began a little bit behind ours. It was late March 2020. Um, Lockdown life here was pretty tough, but lockdown life in Uganda really is no joke. There was a 12-hour curfew from 6 in the evening to 6 in the morning, and that was strictly enforced by the police, and their police can at times be rather heavy-handed. Uh, gun-wielding, baton-wielding, and uh, quite ready to throw you in prison if you flout the rules. Every school, uh, church, mosque, and all leisure venues were shut. I suppose that's not very different, different to us. Uh, all non-essential businesses were closed. and uh, As Pauline has said, no private cars were allowed on the roads. And if you worked in an essential business, then you had to go and live there. And sleep there. Uh, and for most people that meant it was just impossible to earn a living and traveling to their small plots of land where many of our families do subsistence farming became difficult if not impossible. Uganda doesn't have universal credit or family land so it certainly didn't have a furlough scheme. So life for all of our sponsored kids and families has been really hard for nearly two years. And the lockdown finally began to end gradually at the end of 2021. Um, but I want to just go back a little bit before lockdown now and just give you a flavour of um, um, what life is like for a, or well, was life, was like a pre-lockdown for a school pupil. Um, in in Uganda. And I've got a letter here, which I'm going to read from, which is uh, written by uh, a child in P6. Uh, P6 is the year below P7, primary 6, so almost at the top of primary school. Um, But you can't assume that they're going to be about 10, because progression through classrooms is not automatic, so you may well be 16 and still at primary school in Uganda. So, my daily schedule as a P6 pupil. After waking up early in the morning, say my prayers and salute the parents. Clean the plates, sweep the courtyard, prepare my siblings for school. I also get ready for school. On my arrival at school, I'm given tea, go for devotion, and then after that, classes. At school, we do different activities, like classwork, (laughs) have a break at 10.30, and then co-curricular activities, like playing soccer, netball. We have lunch at one o'clock. We do group discussions after lunch and present the work to the teacher. Late in the evening at six o'clock, I go back home. Then I do the house chores i.e. fetching water from the well, as Pauline said, going to the garden to pick food for supper, and then cook. As food is boiling, I bathe my little followers, and I do my homework that I got from school, as food gets ready. Then at 10 o'clock, we have supper as a family, and then go to bed at rest, and that is my day as a P6 learner in Uganda. Angela Nakaywa. Yes, not like our primary school life, is it?
4: Who <laughs> once made the mistake of asking a teenager what they did in their leisure time? <laughs> Don't have leisure time. They're always busy. If you if you've got other siblings in your house and you're older, you're looking after them. It sounds like parents aren't present. Parents are, but they're all working, they're all digging digging and growing stuff, they call it the garden. The garden is their storehouse. It's where they grow what they will eat and they barter what's left. So lockdown school. Most schools in Uganda were closed from 2020. Had two years, it was the longest school COVID lockdown in the world. And they only began to reopen in January of this year. So, all throughout Uganda, teachers weren't paid, and many left the profession. There've been a lot of mental health issues amongst teachers, and there have been some deaths due to suicide, because they were completely discounted. Our teachers have been paid, thanks to you, thanks to our donors, and because they've been paid, they went out into the community, and they taught the kids wherever they could. Now we've got kids back in school, and we've actually got boarding kids now, which has been a big move. We've discovered that when girls get to a certain age, if they don't board at school, they start to drift. Because there's a grandma at home saying, when I was your age, I had six babies, various things like that. So we need them to be in school, and that means we provide them with beds and places to stay. And although though most children are happy to be back in school, many older students have left because of the lockdown period. And you will see in the video that many of the children in P7, as Simon said, are quite mature. They don't look like you'd expect a primary school kid to look. So I'm going to read you a letter. This was, this was written by um, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a boy's name. So when you meet a boy called Emma, don't be surprised in Uganda, Emma is a boy's name, Emma. It was a sad note that we had to leave our sweet beds from school and be sent home due to the pandemic. And this happened on the 18th of March, 2020. At home, our teachers made it a point that we meet at different learning centers to have lessons continued. We had four learning centres with five or six learners in each. And the teachers could teach us in a rotation method starting from eight o'clock in the morning till four at night. Learning was not all that comfortable due to sitting on the ground while writing. Teachers encouraged us to endure the uncomfortability because it was a temporary situation. Big words, aren't they? This experience of home learning was risky, being that in Uganda, the police was hunting down those that conducted lessons during COVID-19. But our school did not give up. We received all that was necessary to protect ourselves from COVID-19, such as masks, sanitizers, soap, water, and practicing social distance whilst in class. So we thank all our teachers, sponsors, directors, and cooks, especially cooks, for not neglecting us in this pandemic period, as it is to some of our village mates who have been idle at home for these two years of lockdown.
3: And just before moving on to the next slide, I wanted to read another extract from another letter, uh, which I was going to, we didn't know whether we had some um, children present with us, so I was going to perhaps ask them to read read this out, but I'm just going to read a couple of extracts. This is the Ugandan P6 children's perception of what school is like in the UK, so what they think our school is like. Um, So in the UK, children feed on a balanced diet which makes them healthy and very wise, strong and light-skinned. During winters, schools do not send their learners outside to have games, Because our teacher told us that winter seasons are very cold, and the best bit, um, we think that children in the UK are not bitten by teachers. (laughs) They are only chased from school for a short period. Our teachers don't bite. But joking aside, um, in Uganda punishment can be very brutal and um, part of our teachers' induction and training processes which John has been John Bonjo, uh, our leader has been very strict and keen on, is you know you don't do this. that is not a way of showing love to your children. But in some schools in Uganda, that's what they face. So um, COVID in Uganda, um, as with all statistics, They're only as good as the people collecting the statistics, aren't they? It's difficult to say with any accuracy really exactly how COVID has hit Uganda. Those are the official statistics, uh, but most of the population live rurally. They live well away from access to clinics, hospitals, test centers, and so it's likely that the real figures are actually many times higher. The most exciting thing for us is, as Pauline said earlier, none of our sponsored children or families have got COVID to the point of needing to go into hospital and we're not aware of any COVID-related deaths, which is wonderful. Thank you, Guy. For me, the most worrying thing about those statistics is the low vaccination rate. And uh, whilst it remains so low, the possibility of another wave of COVID and another lockdown remains very real. And the reason for those low vaccine numbers throughout the developing world, and I understand that it still averages only about 40% across the developing world who have had one vaccine dose, which is shameful, is the vaccine nationalism of the West. I'm on my soapbox here. We bought in the UK and many Western countries many times the number of vaccine doses that we needed to vaccinate all of our population and then we refused to share that excess uh, until a lot of them were nearly out of date and we did have an issue where um, we'd arranged for uh, one of the hospitals to come do a clinic at our school in Bombo and one of the uh, their planned um, projects was they were going to offer COVID vaccinations to anyone who wants to come along to that clinic staff, parents, whoever and then when they checked their vaccines they only had a load that had gone out of date, so they were unable to do the vaccinations. It's getting slowly better but Uganda's population remains very vulnerable and we should remember that new variants of Covid tend to come from populations where there are high disease rates occurring and where the vaccine rates are lowest and so our western vaccine greed may well yet come to bite us on the bottom. So let's keep putting pressure on our politicians to share. So hope development, um, this is the good bit. Um, hope development, uh, for me, is I think the most exciting project that I've been involved with in, in the 12 years that I've been out doing doctor things. And I don't really do any doctor things in, in this context. This is the Ugandan's being empowered to help themselves. It's the most fantastic project that makes a sustainable difference to our entire community. It is about empowering people to help themselves. We have weekly meetings, um, which are led by our two fabulous staff. Damily, who you can see on the bottom uh, in the right, uh, wearing blue, and then another lady called Benita. And then you can see the attendees at one of these meetings top right, and the lady at the front is Ginny, who's one of our UK co-directors listening hard. It's a really wide-ranging project, and it covers a whole variety of subjects uh, over the the year, or in fact, sometimes stretches out to to nearly two years, depending. Um, It includes life skills training, um, covering things like good parenting, Health education, family planning, leadership, um, HIV, drugs and alcohol abuse, all of which are major issues over there, and also basic hygiene. And you can see Danalee standing next to a lady who's proudly showing off her dish stand. Previously, her cups and plates and cooking pots would have just sat on the ground getting dirty. And then the tippy tap, uh, that's at the bottom right, And that is a brilliantly simple hygiene innovation. So you have a jerry can full of water, that's the smaller 10 litre size, I think. 20 litres is too heavy. Um, And then you make a simple stand with a couple of poles with a, a cross piece through the handle of the jerry can. And then you connect it to a foot pedal which is connected to the jerry can by string. And then you push down on the pedal and you can wash your hands without picking up the jerry can. And when you've been to the toilet, Uh, we all know it's important that we wash our hands properly. And that's just transformed the hygiene of so many families. And it's such a simple idea, but it needs someone to help them to use the resources that they've got. And that's why is fantastic. We also teach better food growing practices so that our families can grow more nutritious crops on their small areas of, of land or the small bits of garden that they have. And even the children get involved and help too. And it also teaches animal rearing. Uh, We build uh, animal shelters. um, We help them to breed and keep healthy animals. And then the other really exciting bit is the financial literacy that they're taught: Savings, planning and profit making. And that is truly transformational as it opens up the world of savings and financial planning to people who have never before had access to that. we're now a government accredited microfinance scheme. So Pauline's going to share some stories of this.
4: I get the fun bit. (laughs) He did all the basics, I got the fun bit, which is really nice. So um, can you you hear me, sorry. As part of the animal rearing, each family has a choice of either a pig or a goat. And first emphasis, don't eat it, right? (laughs) It's a lady pig, or a lady goat and the idea is that it will have babies. So CRMI have Cooper, the daddy goat and Hamlet, the daddy pig and at the right time the ladies come for a visit and then they go away and hopefully they're pregnant. And when the baby animals are born they can be sold for profit, and one must be given back to CRMI for further families. Pigs can have as many as 15 piglets, but goats may only have one or two kids, but goats also produce milk. So you've got a way up. What do we want, pig or goat? And Sarah and my livestock are looked after on our Stepping Stones, sorry, Stepping Stones community housing place, where we've built houses for the poorest people. So we've got our own little livestock place there. So there's some success stories because of the HOPE project. During lockdown, it's enabled participants to be productive when many people were redundant. This is a community who have hardly ever had access to money. What's the use of money? Because if you've you've got nowhere to hide it, most of these houses have no windows or doors, and they have no furniture, so you can't lock your money away So it could very easily be lost or stolen. And in Uganda, you can't open a bank account unless you've got 12 pounds 50. Now, that might not sound like a lot to you, but it's a lot to them. That's 60,000 Ugandan shillings. Cash in hand is rarely available to rural folk unless they've got a business. And they normally live hand to mouth and they grow what they eat and then they barter the excess. But, with our savings scheme, they have the ability to save a tiny amount, 25p, or a thousand shillings, every week. And it's entered diligently in the savings notebook, and that money is now safe. It's put by in a safe place, and they're using it to help themselves, but also to help each other. And so far, every participant in the Hope Project Has entered into this savings scheme so every person without any exception has been able to pay for their children's things when they go to school and that's uniform and they'll need such things as paper pencils toilet paper a broom to sweep the classroom it's what you need when you go to school in new canada they've also been able to borrow money from the savings Club to develop their businesses so one lady's been able to buy another pig, so she's got two pigs and all their piglets, and with the profits, she's owned a hairdressing salon, which is something she's always wanted to do. Now, it sounds really weird, there's loads of hairdressing salons in Uganda, but there's a need for them because everybody has a shaved head. They all shave their heads, and then the women buy wigs, and then they go and have their wigs styled by the hairdresser, and sometimes they have extensions and I asked someone how long it took. 24 hours for a full head of extensions. So what do you do? So said, oh, I'll go home halfway through and have some tea and then I go back. <clears throat> One family have been able to buy their first ever sofa. Can you imagine having this first ever sofa and you bought it for yourself? And the other thing is they've been helping each other. We had a small tragedy where some of the pigs died of swine fever. And it was thought that the owners would come and say, you know, we've had this, can we have some more animals? But no, it didn't happen because the community saw what had happened and they helped those who'd lost animals to replace them through the community saving scheme. How wonderful, their desire was to help each other to bless because they'd been blessed. And in another case, a grandma who looks after many children, the roof had blown off her house in a storm. So she and the kids were in the animal house, presumably with the pig, I don't know. And the community saw, and they rebuilt her house. She didn't come asking for money, they did it for her. Isn't that fantastic? So let's just look at this last slide. Ripples, you can't really see very well, but there is a picture of of the ripples in a pond. When you drop a stone in a pond, the ripples, spread a long way. When a community is empowered to make change for the better, that too sends ripples a long way. Mm -hmm. Members of the family are given a positive, productive atmosphere to grow up in, and they learn from their parents or guardians to live in a healthy and more sustainable way. Neighbours and the community notice what's happening. The local leaders have taken notice, and they want to join in. The local leaders and the rural health workers are able to tell just by looking at a house that it's a CRMI HOPE project house because it's clean and there isn't rubbish and the garden is well kept and the land and the animals and even the children are well kept and they can see the difference. The leaders are impressed and for the first time, our leaders in Uganda are able to sit down with local leaders. They've been trying to do this and they haven't got an inroad, but now they can sit down with the local leaders and talk to them about what they're trying to do and work with them. And there are accused of people wanting to join in this. So at the moment, we're opening the education side to as many as we can, but we may have to wait to see what God provides for the animal side, because that's the expensive bit. So just to finish, I wanted to say um, when we're in Uganda and we've been able to give treatment or gifts or prayer to people, they are always very grateful and full of thanks to us. And they go down on their knees to say thank you because that's all they can do. All they can do is to show us their gratitude. And in response, I always try to say to them, God has blessed us. So we are just passing his blessing on and the glory goes to him. It doesn't go to us. Because he's taken the loaves and the fishes and he's made a banquet. It's amazing. So I just wanted to end with this. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen.
3: Or as they say in Uganda, Amina. Yeah. Quite out why? Um, Thank you. I'm sorry we've gone slightly over time. Um, just wanted to very briefly mention at the end a slightly mad activity which Pauline has um, encouraged uh, uh, both of us to do this September. We're going to try and climb Kilimanjaro and as we plod up 19,341 feet um, we will be sponsored and the money uh, that we hope to raise and have partially raised will pay for the training. For some of our older sponsored kids to become health workers, uh, doctors or nurses. There's a desperate need for health professionals in Uganda. They have 17 doctors per 100,000 people. The World Health Organization recommends a minimum of 100 and in the UK we have 280 per 100,000 and you still can't get an appointment with a GP. So. We hope to establish a small trust fund as part of Children of Hope to be able to fund the training of young healthcare professionals and if we raise £10,000 that's enough to fully train two doctors or three nurses. It costs about £1,000 a year to uh, be trained in medicine at a Ugandan medical university. Um, A little goes a long way in the developing world. And if you're interested in specifically supporting that project please do see us afterwards. And we've got a stall over there selling Ugandan crafts, delicious coffee if you like coffee. We've got some fabulous ground coffee. It's great. Um, And from the the Killy climb thing, uh, if you do phone QR codes, uh, there's even a QR code. It's really easy to support us. So thank you for all of your support of uh, Children of Hope. Thank you for all that you've done uh, over the years for the charity. We really appreciate it. Bless you. And uh, the final word goes to uh, our Ugandan uh, friends uh, with the video. So over to the maestro at the back. Thank you.
2: teacher, we of salvation. That's how we have primary school. Uh, right now, uh, we are here at school. Uh, we've just started school. Uh, the turn up is very good. My children were at home. They are closed for So, we were connecting
4: uh, these rooms at homes, But still, they were missing school.
2: But now, they are at school and they are very, very happy. Secondly, even my teachers are very, very, very happy. I'm also happy because my children are happy and my teachers are very happy. Uh, I want to thank you, our donors, for the good work you're doing
4: to us. Thank you, thank you very much. I can't even
2: express my joy. Thank you, our dear donors, for standing with us during the lockdown. Justin, a teacher at World well Salvation Primary School. I'm the deputy head teacher. Uh, to you our sponsors, we are so grateful for everything that you've done for us as teachers throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. We have been so happy, as you can see, my colleagues. You
0: are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. We are all
2: happy. You've supported us under all conditions. Teachers have suffered a lot, but for us, you've been on our side, you've taken us through the pandemic, and we are so grateful. We are doing well, and the work is going on well because of you, people. Thank you very much. May God bless you. We wish you a nice time. We are, happy to be we are the primary
0: serving candidates 2022 at Way of National Primary School.
2: We are very happy for the support people that you provided to us. We are the luck ones to be involved in the body. The first candidates
0: at Observation. We thank you very much for. Everything is provided to us, our uh, doctors, everything, and we are so happy. And
2: we pray to God that we perform very well. Amen.
3: Amen.
0: Amen.
1: Thank you for your attention. I'm going to just close in prayer but before I do that, a couple of notices. The offering, it's a gift day today for Children of Hope. The offering boxes here at the front. Um, the stall, as Simon said, is over there. Thursday, this week, 5th, half past 7 in the Upper Oval Room, meeting with Caroline Heatherington of Safe Families, if you would like to have more information about that. She was great last Sunday, wasn't she? And then a week after that, Thursday, the 12th, here 9, at 7.30, a revival prayer meeting. Father God, we thank you so much for what you have shown to us this morning. We Amen. pray your continued blessing on the Children of Hope Children charities in Uganda in all the activities that are taking place. And we thank you so much that we can see the tangible effects of your love being poured out. Grace the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore.
0: Amen. Amen.